Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in the hills of Western Massachusetts. So glad that uh, you're tuning in and listening, watching wherever you may be. The title of today's message, before we read the scriptures, is The Great Hall of Fame. Faith, I'm sorry. So first mistake, we'll get that out of the way. I'm thinking of the one in Springfield, the Hall of Fame. The Great Hall of Faith. The Great Hall of Faith. All right, let's read um, 19 verses in the 11th chapter. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what it is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is, rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things yet not seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he's as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky 
and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. And by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. Amen. May the Lord give us understanding of his word today. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do thank you again that uh, we are able to listen to this message. Those that are here, those that are listening, wherever they may be. And we just pray that uh, you will use it to encourage us to increase our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, the title of this message is The Great Hall of Faith. There's many halls of fame in this world. Uh, there's one in Springfield here in Massachusetts. And they all have one thing in common. They all include the best of the best, uh, the cream of the crop, so to speak, or as they say in Scotland, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. That's uh, French with a Scottish accent. <laughs> in this chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews lists people in the Old Testament who practice their gift of faith. And the gift comes from the Lord, amen? Even though they were just normal, ordinary people, uh, like you and I, they practice of different various backgrounds and cultures. They practice their spiritual gift. They had extraordinary faith in God, and he, they used it for his glory, like I said, faith is a gift from God. And all the people listed in the great hall of faith here, they exercised that gift and accomplished amazing things for God by the grace of God. Amen. They went above and beyond what others did to earn their place. They earned their place in the great hall of faith. Verse 1, again, let's say, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
as God's created beings, what people need and hope for is love, peace, contentment, and forgiveness of sins. And all these things we can have as long as we receive the gift of faith by God's grace, by receiving his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our savior. We can have all those things. And we are so blessed that God manifested himself to us. And now we've received God, the God of love, and we can love others. We have peace. We have contentment and forgiveness of our sins. Oh, what an amazing thing because of God's grace. To have faith like those people listed in this chapter, it might be necessary for us who lack their kind of faith to ask God to increase our faith. And there's no reason what God has done for other believers in the past that he cannot do for us now as well. God hasn't changed. And one man who, who lacked faith and he really wanted more can be found in the book of Mark. And I want to go there in Mark chapter 9. He lacked faith but he really wanted more. And he came into contact with Jesus. In Mark chapter 9, we're going to read from verse 17. And it says, A man in the crowd asked, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit, that's an evil spirit, and has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving generation. I think he's referring to his disciples that were unable to cast out that spirit because of their lack of faith. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit, that's the evil spirit, the demon, saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. And he fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Of course, he already knew the answer. From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if, if, if. You can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if, if you can, of course he could. If you can, 
Question mark. Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. The deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit streaked, convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. He stood up. That's faith. That man lacked faith. And he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So those of us that lack faith, we should ask, ask that prayer of the Lord. I believe, but help my unbelief. Increase my faith. That's a good prayer for us to pray for those that lack faith in God's ability to answer prayers. Confirmed again in James chapter 1, he said, Any man who lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You know, when, when you're in a situation, you don't know what to do. And you need wisdom. Then we are to ask God for it. Believing that he'll give us the answer. And when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because such a person is double-minded and unstable in all their ways. So if we don't believe what we're asking God for, then he's not going to answer that request. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, throughout all generations, believers accept what they cannot prove, like creation, for example. Even though we didn't see God do it, we weren't there. We know that God did. Because he has the power, he has the authority to create something out of nothing. Amen. He's got no problem answering prayers of his children. As long as we have faith to believe that he does. But remember this, it's important to remember. God will only answer our prayers as long as it is according to his will. If it's according to his will, 
then he will. All right? If it's according to his will, then he will. That's not in my notes. Thank you, Lord. The Almighty is our prayers. And he honors those who have faith in him. There's only one God, not three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, simple logic cannot comprehend that fact. The class on Friday afternoon, the leadership class at the Springfield Rescue Mission, I said no one can explain the Trinity. In fact, the word is not even in the Bible. And some people try to use the example of an egg, for example, which I did. Now, I should have brought an egg, but I didn't. You've got the shell, you've got the white of the egg, and you've got the yolk, but it's only one egg. So that's a, that's a pretty bad example to try to explain God. No, we can't. We can't comprehend it. We just believe it by faith. We believe it's true. Faith is believing what we don't understand. Faith is believing what we don't see. And yet, trusting and believing what the word of God says. That's what we can rely on. That's what we can believe. Because it's true. Amen. It, we've proved it to be true. God said it. We believe it. What's the next bit? That settles it. Amen. And now the writer begins the honor roll. You know, so proud if you've had children. And we love them no matter what. But when our kids get on the honor roll, woo, that's our kid. They got on the honor roll. Awesome. Verse 4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. So we got Cain who is unrighteous, he's not saved. And you've got Abel, who is a believer and is saved, okay? Abel was Adam and Eve's youngest son who brought an offering to God that pleased God. However, his brother Cain brought an offering to God that did not please God. Why? Why was Abel's offering pleasing to God and not Cain's offering. Simply because Cain's offering came from a heart of devotion to God. He gave his best. He did it God's way. Unlike Cain, who did it his way. Like Frankie, you know, when they... When they buried Frank Sinatra, they buried a bottle of Jack Daniels and a packet of Camel cigarettes. Like he's going to use those in the next life. Sorry, Frankie. You did it your way. And it's too late. Cain thought his offering was acceptable to God. But anything outside the will of God is unacceptable to God because it's sin. And because God hates sin, 
So should we. Do you hate sin? Or do you just love that darling sin? I'll tell you what pleases God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed, conformed to this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that when you're able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Is our offering of our bodies pleasing to God? Are we giving him our best, like Abel did? Our all? Or are we just giving him our leftovers? God wants our complete devotion and a clean life offered to him as demonstrates our love and our obedience and our true faith in him. Our spiritual act of worship, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice which is acceptable to God. Here we have another one, Enoch, or as you say in these here United States, Enoch, Enoch, in verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life that he did not experience death. This is like a pre-rapture. Say people don't believe in the rapture, then you don't believe the Bible. Enoch was raptured. He, he was taken to heaven without dying of natural causes. But before he was taken up, he lived a life of devotion to God. Because he was a man of faith. He pleased God. Of course, he must have had all his faults, like we do. I don't know about you, but I do. And if I hang around you long enough, I'll know that you do. Do we have that kind of faith that Enoch had? The kind of faith to walk with God? When the majority of people in this world are running with the devil? And children, you need to remember what I'm about to say. You need to walk with God and not run with the devil because the devil will take you down into destruction. But God will lift you up. What about Noah here? He had tremendous faith. He was about the only one amongst who knows how many millions of people that did not know the Lord. And he preached to them during the time when he was building that ship, the ark. What was it, 120 years? He wasn't just, you know, just hammering the nails in and that. I'm sure he got quite a few laborers to help him. He couldn't do it by himself. It took 120 years. And he was preaching 
to the unbelievers that will come. Look at that idiot building that ship. Whatever it is. What's he doing that for? Stupid. <laughs> well, they found out that he was right. The hard way. Because they all drowned when the flood came. Noah had tremendous faith. Because he believed God keeps his promises. He trusted, even though what God asked him to do seemed impossible. It didn't make any sense what God told him to do. God told him to build an ark. Now, what's an ark? It's a huge boat. I mean, it had to be huge. Think of all the animals in, in the world that God created. And that probably would have included the dinosaurs. It must have had a pretty big uh, cabin to fit them in. God told him to do it. And he said, it's, I'm going to send the rain. But nobody knew what rain was. It had never rained before. So however, by faith, Noah did what God told him to do. In other words, he obeyed God. He obeyed God by faith. He had never seen rain. Nobody had ever seen rain before. He said, I'm going to send a flood. Build the ark. Okay. Do we obey God when things don't seem to make any sense? Do we trust God and believe his promises? Without faith, it says, it's impossible to please God. What about Abraham? There's probably no greater example of a man of faith than Abraham. He was told to go and leave everything behind. What, what if God came to us and told us to do that? Go, leave everything behind. By faith, not knowing where he was going and why he was going, how he was going to get there, what did he do? He got up and went. God says, go, man, go. And he went. Why did he? Because he believed the promises of God. Do you have that kind of faith? Do you obediently follow God's instructions, even though we don't know what the outcome is? He didn't. He had no idea where he was going or what he was going to do. He left everything. It's his family, of course. And his wife. You know, initially she was a bit skeptical and laughed about what God was going to do and she was going to have a baby. Me? That's a joke. I'm old. I'm past it. No way. She was way past the age of childbearing. But she be believed God, eventually, that he would do the impossible. And she had to wait a very long time to be rewarded with the birth of her son. Isaac, the promised seed. 
And God chose her, of all people, to create the nation of Israel to reveal who he was to the entire world. The entire heathen world who didn't know who God was. This is why the people of Israel are special. This is why the people of Israel are God's chosen people. And if you bless Israel, then God will bless you. Because it's through the people of Israel that the Messiah was born. Amen? From Abraham's seed and the promised seed of his son, Isaac. He believed by faith. Do you believe God will keep his promises? Do you trust him enough to wait for him like Sarah did to answer your prayers? You know, it may be an encouraging thing to you to hear that if you keep on praying and keep on praying and you don't see the answer to your prayers, yet you believe God will answer those prayers, you may not be around to see those prayers answered. Have you ever thought about that? You may be long gone, but God will answer those prayers if you believe by faith, as long as it's according to his will. You've got to remember that. Abraham again, 17 through 19, we're almost finished. Again, by faith, he trusted that God would provide the promised seed, Isaac. And God did. God always answers prayers. He always keeps his promises. And then when Isaac grew up, I guess he was about maybe 17 years old, God told him to, to kill him on the altar. To kill his beloved son his, that he and Sarah had been waiting for for so long. To kill him. Take the knife and plunge it into your beloved son. Do it. To sacrifice Isaac, who he'd been waiting for for so long. But God was testing his faith. Would he do it? Would you? I couldn't. But he was willing to do it. He passed the test with flying colours. Why? He had tremendous faith. He honestly believed even though he would kill his own beloved son, he believed by faith that God would raise Isaac back again to life. He believed that by faith, not knowing, not seeing it. And he was willing to do it. Reluctantly, obviously, <laughs> but he was willing to do it. But, of course, God prevented him from doing it. Because he passed the test. He was about to plunge the knife into the flesh of his own beloved son. Do you believe by faith that God raised his beloved son, Jesus, back to life again? 
Do you believe that? Do you trust God enough to offer him everything? So let me conclude. The gift of faith given to us by a loving God reveals the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith enlightens us to the existence of the true and living God. And our faith will grow stronger based on the evidence of the promises that God keeps in his word. Have you experienced God's promises in your life? Have you seen answers to prayer? That's the evidence that God exists. Abraham and all those listed in the great hall of faith, they had that kind of faith. Abraham, he passed that faith on to others as well, his offspring. And they, in turn, passed their faith on to others. So let's not keep our faith to ourselves. Let's pass it on to others who are willing to listen. You can't force people to listen. If they don't want to listen, if they don't want to receive your gospel tract, that's up to them. They have, they have a free will. But are you willing to share your faith with them? And Jesus says, you know, some people are just not going to listen. And they're not, they don't want to listen. And there's no point casting your pearls before swine. And some of you ladies have some nice jewelry. Maybe some of you men too. Would, would you go to um, the Smith farm and say they had pigs? <laughs> I don't think they do. They used to have cows. Well, go to any farm where there's pigs. And then you go up to the pig pen and... And, you know, the, the wallowing around in the mud and the blood, you know, all the rest of it and the mess. And then you take off your beautiful pearl necklace or your beautiful golden wedding ring and the diamond and all that. And then you throw it into the pig pen. Would you do that? Jesus says, don't do that. You're casting your pearls before swine. They don't appreciate it. And that's the same with people that don't want to hear the gospel. That's okay. That's their choice. But don't give up, though. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Pass our faith on so they can pass their faith on to more people that others might be saved by having the same faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a multiplication process. We need to keep... We need to keep Inviting people to church. You, some of your kids are planning on going to Pinebrook Camp in the summer. Invite your friends to go with you. Okay? Invite your friends, your unsaved friends, so that they can be saved. And I want to close. We were hearing a lot about the, um, 
this movie. Um, the Jesus Revolution. And I do encourage you to take it, to, to, to go and see it, if you can. And take some of your unsaved relatives with you. Invite them to go see the movie. And to see what God did amongst those hippies back in the early 70s. And out of that Jesus revolution came a, a tremendous gifted singer-songwriter called Keith Green. An ex-hippie. Into drugs. But he got gloriously saved. And some of you that have, have got access to uh, YouTube, he was on one of these shows when he was about 11. And he'd signed a contract to be a rock and roll star at the age of 11. Well, he kind of went off the rails. He was very gifted. And later on, he got saved. The hippie, Keith Green, got saved. And he used his talents and his gifts to glorify God. And he died in an air crash along with, I think, three of his children. All were saved. And there was a baby left who obviously wasn't that survived. And this is what he said, one of his songs. Make my life a prayer to you. I want to do what you want me to. No empty words and no white lies. No token prayers or compromise. I want to shine the light you gave. Through your son you sent to save us. From ourselves and our despair. It comforts me to know you are really there. I want to tell the world out there you're not some fable or fairy tale. That I've made up inside my head. You're God the son and you've risen from the dead. I want to thank you, Lord, for being patient with me. And it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. I guess I'll have to trust and just believe what you say. Oh, you're coming again, coming to take me away. I want to die and let you give your life to me so that I might live and share the hope you gave me, the love that set me free. Beautiful. Amen. Hope that's our prayer too. Amen. God bless you all. Let's close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. It encourages us to know that people just like us, they're in that great hall of fame. Um, they weren't extraordinary people. They were just normal. But they had an extraordinary faith. And uh, for those of us that do lack faith, we ask for more to believe and to accept the truth that we read in your word and the promises. And you've never told a lie yet, and it's impossible for you to do so because you are God. And we thank you for many answered prayers and help us to remember that you will answer our prayers if we believe by faith, without doubt.
but it is according to your will. So we need to remember that, that uh, not just to uh, conjure up and expect every prayer, especially the selfish ones, to be answered. So Lord, I just want to pray for those that are listening to this message, wherever you are. If you lack faith, please put away your logical thinking and just believe by faith that Jesus Christ loved you enough to go to a cross and was nailed on that cross and he bled and died and suffered in your place so that you wouldn't be punished for your sins. And he did die and he was buried in a tomb and yet he rose again from the dead and showed himself alive to many witnesses and then he ascended into heaven. If you believe that in your heart and call upon his name to save you, then he will. Believe it because God did it and if you want a home in heaven when you leave this world, you need to live by faith and follow Jesus. And he will take you there to your final destination. Amen. Well, thank you all and God bless you. We do appreciate you that are listening wherever you may be. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.